Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Friday podcast, the show that woke up to learn United had unearthed another Januzai stroke Makeda. How can City compete? It's like Groundhog Day. We've got the usual patch show, looking back at the return of midweek football and a routine win, looking forward to Monday night's match and a lot more besides as a transfer window creaks shut with a pathetic whimper. A window as exciting as being stuck in a lift for 10 hours with Eric Ten Hag. Uh, to do all this, delighted to be joined by two big hitters in alphabetical order. It's Asan and Lloyd. Uh, good af- afternoon, Asan. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm very well, Howard. Thank you for asking. It's Friday. The sun is out. I've had a good week at work. Been a good week for the football. Just, yeah. Good. Lloyd, how are you? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, glad it's Friday. It's been quite a long week. Um, mm. Looking forward to the weekend and City are on Monday. So we get to watch everyone else first, don't we? Mm. Is that good or bad? Who knows? I think with Arsenal playing Liverpool, it's probably good. Yeah. Are you going to Brentford? Or? I'm not, no. Tickets are scarce. Ah, yes. Well, yeah. I don't even know how big their ground is, but it won't be the biggest, will it? So. I also know nothing about London either, so I've no idea how far away they are from you, Lloyd. So, uh, West, the uh, Brentford's in West London. Um, yeah. I'm in South East, so that's Leeds, that's not yeah. a problem. That's not a problem. It's more the away end is is small at Brentford. Okay, right. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, another bumper edition. So I've got an opening question inspired by the new and wonderful rival show on the 9320 player, where for non-subscribers, we talk about clubs we love and hate. And of course, mostly hate. That's how it turns out. Uh, which until now, then the two shows we've done is focused on Premier League sides. So I thought I'd just start for five minutes and ask you, because obviously the global game and City are global now. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Ace. Which non-Premier League clubs do you have an irrational or rational hatred of in the UK? And when you've said that, you can also include any European teams you want to as well. Non-Premier League, I mean, you know, I can't really hate on any championship clubs because they're in the championship and they've got... Do you want me to give you my reasoning of how I hate another club? I hate I Ipswich devoutly because they mocked us when they relegated us so about 20 years plus ago. So therefore, I Proper wish only pain and misery on that football club for forever and ever. So, and that's fair enough, is it not? So, oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't deny anybody the right to hate on whoever they want when it comes to football because that's part of football. I think for me, um, I've got a I've got a natural dislike for Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona. I think those those three football clubs, I can't stand any of them. Uh, I just yeah, I I, I I I I dislike them at a level that is probably up there with the Scousers and the Rags. What's your reasoning? I don't. I mean, I don't really have a reasoning. I, I've never really. So, all right, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you one big reason. The first big reason is that in Spain, Barcelona and Real Madrid chose to hoover up all of the TV rights money back in the day and stratified that league and basically killed it. And now they're crying because they say that they can't compete with the Premier League. And it's like, well, you can't compete because you played yourselves by taking all the money in the first place and not allowing allowing the other teams in the league to grow at a similar rate to the to to those two um and it's sort of the same in in germany with bayern it's just a little bit like you know the the og state sponsored clubs crying about city all the time hey son you don't have to explain the bayern munich exactly exactly (laughs) did they remind you of anyone anywhere else nearer to home i don't know exactly the german rags no but oh there's so many reasons like who was the fella right who Three weeks before City announced that Guardiola was coming to City, who was the board member of Bayern Munich that did an interview and said, I can't imagine Pep Guardiola ever joining a club like that. And the way that he said it at the time, I just remember thinking, you disrespectful so-and-so. So, yeah, no, I've just got no time for them. So do you hate all other big teams then? Or is there a big team you, you can tolerate? I mean, it depends upon how you define 
big team. So mm. weirdly enough, got a soft spot for Inter Milan because Adriano played for for Inter Milan and and he was one of my favourite ever footballers growing up. Um, who do I have a soft spot for? Any other big club? Mm. You've lived in I, Paris. What's your PSG views? Yeah, no, I, I can't really get behind PSG as a. Uh, as a football club, as an organisation, as a now, I'm I'm not having Paris, unfortunately. I just think that, funnily enough, I think what what Nasser and the Qataris have have done there has been, you know, almost as bad as y- the way that United have thrown good money after bad, if that makes sense. Um, so now, I, I don't don't get me wrong. I'll never I'll never hate on PSG because I've spent. You know, I spent 12, 13 mm. years of my life living in Paris. So, um, and, and so I will always have somewhat of a soft spot for them. But right now, the modern PSG are a bit irrelevant for me. They're a bit of a basket case and they're funny to laugh at. And I've got some really good mates who are big Paris fans. So mm. that's always good for a chuckle. Crazy that they're only three years older than we are. So <laughs> there you go. No, no history FCA. Uh, Lloyd, what about you? Non Premier League, anyone in Europe take your fancy or the opposite? Mm, just a good question. So, in the Prem, I have listeners will probably know I have soft spot for Palace. Um, I'd say Palace are like you can't really have a second team, but you know, if I was, they're the closest thing to like a second team. Obviously, County, Southport County, down the leagues, kind of look out for them. Um, and then uh, they hate fucking hate, fucking hate Salford City because fuck them. Well, obviously, yeah. I don't need to explain that. Um, don't like Gillingham uh, <laughs> just because of the playoff. <laughs> Twenty four year and Tony Pulley. Um And then, in terms of like other teams in in the UK, I've always qu- quite liked Leeds. I don't know why. I've always hated Stoke. Don't like Millwall, obvious reasons. Mm. Um, quite like Charlton, don't know why. And then Bristol City, because I went to Bristol Uni, have a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah, so soft spot for that city as well. Yeah, great. And like they should, it would just be cool to have them in the Prem one day because I think it's the yeah. biggest city that's never had a Premier League team in the mm. UK. Um, kind of across. I, Across the pond or outside of Europe, I, I've always liked Napoli. To be honest, um, I think it's more the kind of Maradona vibes. I mean, and then the team they had when they played us in the Champions League, like like Lovetsi, Hamsik, yeah. Cavani. Oh, that was a spicy team. Um, obviously, De Laurentiis can fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then outside of that, I'm just yeah, I'm not really asked. Agree with Asan like. Bayern can do one, obviously. Um, big Spanish clubs can do one. Um, I've always thought Valencia quite cool. Um, their stadium's very nice, kind of old, old style. But yeah, yeah, Asan's covered the main hates, I think. But yeah, I'd <laughs> say Na- Na- Napoli and Valencia are probably the two European teams that I think are quite cool. Yeah, Valencia's a good shout. They've got a really good. Um... They've got a really good crop of young Spanish players right now, which is quite interesting. Obviously, they're a little bit of a financial basket case because of uh, our friend Peter Lim, um, but they are—they do have some very good young players. Um, so yeah, that's a good shout on Valencia. Got a soft spot for Real Sociedad. Can't think why, but uh, yeah, fair shout too. <laughs> and Sevilla, <laughs> and Sevilla, just because it's such a beautiful city as well. So yeah. Right. Well, you've not done the rivals yet, have you, Lloyd? So I've not. No. So your turn will come when you can talk about the Premier League and beyond if you want uh, in more Mm. detail about who you love and hate. So just thought we'd spend five minutes looking around Europe and (laughs) and having a rant at whoever. Uh, (laughs) What do you think about this theory, though, Lloyd? I just realised last night that if you wanted to define the Liverpool fan base, 
probably shouldn't do this in the first 15 minutes. Well, there's no samples. <laughs> the Liverpool fan base are the fan base most most likely that if you criticised their club for any reason or posted something on Facebook they didn't like, would delve through all your social media accounts and phone your boss trying to get you sacked. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cryos. <laughs> Cryos. Right, let's move on. Hey, Sam, I know you're big on transfers. That must have been the most disappointing and boring month <laughs> of your lifetime. It slammed shut the uh, most mundane window ever. <laughs> I think £100 million pounds spent, only £100 million pounds spent in the Premier League. It was about £800 million last January. Uh, just your thoughts on why it's been so quiet. Is it the obvious reason? I I don't think it's quite as much PSR as people are making out. I actually think it's just got more to do with the fact that there's very little jeopardy in the league. So you, you most people at, in the bottom half would be looking at, at um, Sheffield United and Burnley as two clubs that are gone. Um, and then outside of that, Luton might stay up at the expense of Everton, but how are Everton going to spend any money when they're in the position mm. that they're in already? Um, and then you look uh, you look higher up the table, and it's like, well, nobody's going to spend to try and get in the top four because that's also almost stratified itself. Um, and so, just there isn't really there, there th- this January. Weirdly enough, there hasn't really been a massive need for anybody to go out and spend now maybe where psr comes into it is that maybe in the past clubs would go and do a deal just for the sake of it because a player's available or an agent rings up and they go yeah this lad's actually available and you end up going all right well we're going to do that um and maybe clubs are just sort of going well look let's try and let's try and go with what we do in the summer and just do that spend once a year for for accounting purposes um but yeah i don't think it's quite as psr related as people are making out i think there is just more about the fact that there isn't clubs aren't buying to try and get somewhere that they don't think they'll get to already lloyd what do you think the oscar forest charge of course uh, the 10 point deduction for for everton 10 point deduction possibly more do you think that's got some clubs going through their accounts, scribbling the numbers down, getting worried? Definitely. I, I, I'd i give it a bit more PSR attribution than ASAN, to be honest. I think um, a lot of the clubs, uh, particularly in the middle and bottom of the table, have obviously been pretty happy to do late deals previous Januaries. I think they're all shitting themselves because of um, you know what's already been done and what could come down the line. Um, so yeah, in short, as for I City, think, yeah, well, PSL. let's talk City then. It was always going to be a quiet one, was it not? Did you ever have any expectation anyone was coming in? No, I genuinely had zero expectation. I thought the only thing we might do is sign that Barco lad who went mm. to Brighton because it sounded like we were interested, and it seems like we went a bit cold on him because of his attitude. But outside of a signing like that, no. I mean, they they were very clear you know, in terms of to the journalists and in the press that Phillips would leave without a replacement. And so aside from that, we're just not going to sign anyone, are we? Hey, Sam, any excitement in snapping up young Argentinian starlets that you're not going to see for a year? (laughs) It's a good question. Um, I'm I'm less excited about Echeverria. Echeverria or Echeverria, whichever one it is. I'm less excited about... uh, (laughs) less excited about him than I was about Alvarez just because he's going to stay in Argentina for another year and he really looks like a kid uh, and he's got almost no first team experience in Argentina he uh, proper looks like a child doesn't he he like does and and I almost feel I've read a lot of Argentinian football followers saying even after a year at River they fully expect City to spend him, send him to Girona first because they think even in a year he'll be miles off being City first team ready um so yeah I'm 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 skeptical as to what sort of impact he has in the next two seasons um so but you know in general, it's always fun to sign to sign wonder kids from South America. Hmm. And just finally on transfers, then 
more Savio news today being linked with him. What are both your thoughts on the prospect of signing him? I think we will do. I think we will do. I I think it's an easy deal to do. And I think that um, what, what, where I think City will feel they have to do it is it sounds like a lot of clubs want him and he won't be expensive. I believe the release clause is like 20 million euros or 25 million euros. Um, now, I could be wrong. It might be higher than that. But even if it's higher than that, I think the position that Girona are in, I don't think that he's a player that is going to cost you north of 30, 35 million euros. Mm. And I think City would be loath to allow a player of that talent to go to Bayern Munich or to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona for that sort of fee and then become a world-class player. And he's already said repeatedly that his dream is to play for City. So just bring him home, see how he does in pre-season, give him a season and see see how he adapts. Yeah, fair enough. Lloyd, what about you? Do, you? do you see a certain style of player being shaped in our squad, basically? You can see how the skill set is changing, basically, in what, what we've had in the past, especially in those sort of areas of the pitch. Yeah, well, we... I think we feel one light in that position, don't we? Someone that can play from the right. Uh, but, you know, he's played mostly from the left this season for Girona, but, you know, left-footed, so a, potentially another versatile player, mm. which, you know, if you if you lose someone like Bernardo, for example, in the summer, albeit, I did, you know, I think that's unlikely because who's going to pay? That, you know, that seems like a good option. Um I think they'd have to reevaluate if Bernardo went in terms of who they'd want to sign, but I think we're one short anyway. And particularly with Bob's emergence um, over the last couple of weeks, and I, I said after the Newcastle game and before the Spurs game, look, you know, it really depends on Bob. I think the kind of calibre of player that they want to sign, whether you know you go and sign an absolute gun who who's going to start right wing every game. Like a you know someone like Elise maybe or or Neto from the Premier League that's going to cost a lot of money, or you 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 think about someone like Savio and kind of let him and Bob almost fight it out. Um, I think it's probably going to be the latter, isn't it? Um, the way that Bob's going, so yeah, I'd 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 be happy with it. I'm, I've not watched enough of Girona. I think I'm going to need to tune in second half of the yeah. season because it does it it just seems to tick every box, like Asan says, for all those reasons. So. I would imagine they've got it on their radar very much. Indeed. Uh, Lloyd, just sticking with you, you mentioned Bernardo Silva going in the summer. Uh, quick moment of contemplation for Barcelona's financial woes. Uh, and what's, he's still going to get linked with them all summer, is he not? Despite the fact they're close to going bankrupt. Well, look, they don't have the money to sign Bernardo, do they? Um, and... What's he? What's the release clause? I think it's fifty million euros, something around that that kind of mark. They're not they're not paying that. Um, you know, there's a chance that someone else could pay that. It's not, you know, it's not an outrageous fee at all for a player of that quality. But if probably, I think it's more likely he stays. But the fact the fact that he now has a release clause obviously means it's you know it's a much easier route out of City for him. So we'll we'll have to see. Hey, Sam, did you say? I think it was Dim. Corrigan did a, an article on Barcelona's woes. Did you see that at all? Read it. I did. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I did. As much as I did. <laughs> I did. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're such a mess of a football club. The, the finances are so in the toilet um, that I don't really know how they claw their way back out of it i'm sure look it's one of those where every summer you think there's going to be a fire sale at barcelona and every single summer they go out and buy players that you've got no idea how they can afford to buy them um so we'll see this summer whether it all comes home to roost and they actually have to sell players um i think their other problem very quickly is just i don't know who they can sell Lewandowski's going to be 36 next summer who are you selling him to nobody's buying him Mm. um Frankie de Jong still got two or three years left to run on that mad contract that he signed where he's on 400, 500 grand a week. So again, he's not going anywhere. So that doesn't, that doesn't really leave much in terms of sales. Like most of the players then that you're looking at selling are players that you bought under Laporta's term 
anyway. And that's not going to be a good look. Like, well, you know, well, the best I, I young that, players won't be a good look either. No, but that's where they can. That's where they can make money. So the real yeah. their their reality. So I think Barcelona are too arrogant to do this, and I think Laporte is too political to do this. But the right thing for Barcelona to do would be a sell one of the kids for an insane amount of money. So they could easily price Gavi, Pedri, or uh, uh, Lamine Yamal at 100 million euros plus easily, right? And they could get that. And I think that that would make a dramatic difference to their immediate capacity to be able to do business in the summer. But they're too arrogant to do that because they they fear the the PR of how that will look. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. Yeah, well, real mess, <laughs> more than a mess, some might say. Yeah, right. Let's look back at Burnley midweek, a midweek game. Got uh, used to not having them recently. <sighs> Obvious question, really, Lloyd. I'm going to start with you. Three one win. We'll get to that one bit in a bit uh but was it for you the most mundane professional result possible nothing to complain about a game you've probably experienced a hundred times before well yes and no i think so burnley did have a few moments actually Mm. um they were a bit wasteful but they didn't have a big chance um city they just broke through city's kind of defensive line probably three or four times in the game but they were very wasteful. Um, but overall, you know, we, we controlled the game pretty well. And the key was we found space with absolute ease in midfield. Um, they just, you know, they came for us. They played their kind of 4-4-2. Kev got on the ball a lot. Um, Nunes got on the ball a lot. Nunes obviously made those kind of r- runs in behind that, that really stretched Burnley because they played quite a high, high line at times and pressed us. So, you know, it wasn't a totally mundane city at home in that a team comes in and really sits in and tries to kind mm. of just bat the ball away. But, um, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was what was needed and obviously in the end a great result. Hey, Sam, very much enjoyed the review with Ali uh, yesterday. Uh, now, I only saw the last half hour live and then had to kind of double back on stuff uh, in the last half hour really summed it up I felt the final ball for City you know be critical was lacking a hell of a lot but if it was if you agree with that is it linked to City playing games like this in second third game at most which the Uh, last half hour was probably not even second gear, let's be honest. Mm, No, I think actually, I I think it's probably got a little bit more to do with the fact that Kev's coming back from an injury, Doku's coming Mm. back from an injury, Phil's played an awful lot of football now, he's played practically every game. Um, And so I think that there there are those sort of, you're going to have games like that where it's not going to feel like they're at their very, very, very best. Um, I think, you know, even though Alvarez gets the two goals, I think that his impact in, in all-around plays, it hasn't been as as powerful as it was earlier in the season. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why maybe it feels as though we aren't quite creatively clicking yet, but I think that I actually think that we're getting there. I think that if you take into account the fact that players are coming back from injury, you take into account the fact that in Doku and Nunes, you're effectively betting new players into the team. Mm. Um, Guardiola as well, another new player who's betting into the team. I think that we're, I think we're in really, really, really good shape. I loved, I, I loved the Burnley game because I, I felt for a few weeks that. City are, are are reaching that sort of that level in games where they feel like they know what they need to do to win any game, um, and I think that rather than focusing, because I think it's easy to focus on a team like Burnley and go, well, Burnley aren't very good. Of course, it's going to be easy 
to to beat Burnley. Well, look, I don't think it's easy to beat anybody in the Premier League. I think if you take the entirety of Spurs and Burnley, what that tells me is that City are back at a level that if they play at that level, it doesn't matter who the opposition is, we're going to nine times out of 10 beat them just because mm. of the quality of our football. Uh, Lloyd, must have been great to see Kevin De Bruyne starting and John Stones. Let's not forget him. And mm, yeah. Erling Haaland to get some time on the pitch as well. Nice air shot from Big Earl, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did he fall over? Or did he stay in his feet? I can't remember now. But the ball went, went backwards. Did, 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 I, did, I, did I hear that correctly? Because I, I laughed so much when it happened that I didn't really pay attention to it. But I think on... Uh, on um, uh, the Totally Football Show last night, they were saying that actually it bounces off the back of his other foot and goes backwards. I think that's right. Yeah, he stays on his feet. He just looked a bit. He just looked a bit rushed, didn't he? He just. I think you tweeted, Asa needs to chill out a bit. He just he, needs to relax. He. I. Th I felt this even before the injury that there was almost like he's in a hurry mm. to do something whenever the ball comes to him and. As a consequence of that, I just feel like he's overthinking everything, which it's the overthinking which explains the ease with which he's missing or earlier in the season he was missing easy chances. I think it comes from a little bit of overthinking rather than complacency. I actually think he just needs to chill. He did seem to want to shoot in this match, which is which I've seen before his injury as well, which for him is weird, but especially when, if you're coming on at 3-0 up, you might as well have a shot anyway. I wouldn't hold it against him mm. if it's sailed over the bar. But he was almost through a couple of times and ended up checking back. Maybe some of that's control, but I'm sure last season he would have just fired that towards goal both times. Mm. Well, yeah, I think that's. I think he is reaching a bit. You can you can tell that. I I I really agree completely with Asan. I think he does feel like he's trying to force it a bit too much, and he just needs to go back to what he was like last season, which is if I miss, forget about it, it's fine. Mm. Approach the next chance in, in the same way as you would. Um so he, he's gonna I think he's gonna need a couple of goals just to settle him down a bit. And I don't think one will probably do it, to be honest. I think it's gonna be a couple. Um but he'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah. Uh I sense does it frustrate you that that goal, no clean sheet. Which I would say could be linked. I mean, Cavadio will be called out for his defending, but could be linked to the fact that City essentially stopped playing probably a minute into the second half once Rodri's uh, scored his third goal. Mm, no, it serves us well, doesn't it? But this game management, of course, it serves us well. We're down to essentially zero injuries now as well, when some of the teams have got double digit injuries. So it just I don't know. It just doesn't make it a compelling game, but that's just the way it is sometimes. I I really love... So I'm going to dispute what you said there insofar as, for me, as a City fan, with this team, which is, is effectively either... You can either describe it as a team in transition or a new team or playing in a new fashion, whatever it is. I, I love watching them play right now i think when you've got a team sheet with doku foden kdb on it there's no way that i can't be super excited for that game and even at 2-0 even when city basically go down the gears and go all right oh sorry at 3-0 when they go all right we don't now need to play at 100 miles an hour you still know that wh whichever sub comes on is going to want to make an impression. And I still knew then that Haaland's getting on the pitch here. So mm -hmm. at some point in this half, I'm going to get to see Erling come back as well. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. And I, I'm, I'm ex I realize that I'm excited about it because it's different to last season's team. And maybe it is a little bit more unpredictable, but I don't really mind that. Okay. Well, it Oh, can I just say, sorry, before yeah. we move on, I hate to be that guy, but the goal did annoy me. <laughs> okay. It did, it did annoy me just because even though they had a couple of chances or like chances to create chances, I thought generally we kept them at bay really well. Stones 
uh, slotted in so seamlessly that you forgot he played Howard. Um, and <laughs> I thought Gvardiol had had a really good game until then. And it was it's just really poor defending. You can't front a player up like that that's going to take you down the outside. It's just absolute schoolboy stuff. So it did. Yeah, I'm sorry it did annoy me. He'll learn. He'll learn. I, I made I made the point on the review pod, um, which I think it's important to repeat again. Uh, we've had players in the first season coming into the league and struggling a little bit, and I think that. Rodri is a really great example of a player who 12 months into his City career, most people, not just the most people on this podcast, most people in the City sphere were sat around going, what was the point in buying him? He's nowhere near good enough to replace Fernandinho. Um, and so I think with Guardiol, whilst I've seen a lot of criticism of him i feel the opposite i feel like he's what 20 21 years old 20 sorry 22 just turned 22 years old he's come from red bull come from bundesliga they're asking him to learn a new position it's not like he's a left back he's now learning how to be a left back and i i'm gonna put it out there in 18 months time Guardiola will be the best left back in england and everybody will go, oh my God, where did that happen from? Because he's got all of the raw materials. He's got all of the the characteristics that he needs to be absolutely world-class, both with and without the ball. So whilst I understand if in a big game, in a big moment, he costs us point, I will understand the criticism. I don't fully understand the criticism in the last minute of a game that's dead, basically. Hmm. Well, fair, fair play to Burnley. I think that's something like 33 goals on the, <laughs> in a row for City against Burnley at the Etihad. They've ended that run with the 34th goal. So it's not a bad run, really, is it? I think the last time they scored at the Etihad, it had been 4 1 in a cup or something. It was a 4 1 game, anyway. So there you go. So, yeah, I mean, it's annoying, obviously, for Edison and defence because they, they will love clean sheets. They play for clean sheets. But if you're going to give a goal away like that, that's the time to do it. Uh, Lloyd Nunes stood out, of course, uh, had a, a good game. And obviously, we've said it, there's nothing new to say, really. It, you know, it's time for him to step up, contribute. We'll need him in the second half. But is it also fair to say... A play like that, we're not used to seeing recently anyway, that he does mm. have a skill set that's kind of specific to games like this and not quite as useful in other games. I think that's right, yeah. So, you know, against against a team that goes for a low block and really sits in, I don't think Nunes is your guy, is he? Nunes' characteristics are best when he's got space to run into and he can use his physicality to kind of break the lines and dominate. And... I have to say, I thought he was really good the other night, to be honest. Um, probably the man of the match. Um, and with Kev kind of clocking back a few times in possession a little deeper, he was the one making the runs and De Bruyne just slided him through. And to be honest, when he gets going, he's a, he's a big lad. Big mm -hmm. lad, he's physical. Um, I think what's frustrating with him is he, he often does the run, takes the right amount of touches, and then you're thinking, right, now give it, or, you know, now shoot. And that decision-making just isn't there yet. Um, sometimes he does the difficult thing when he should do the simple thing and the reverse. But, yeah, I thought there was a lot to be positive about uh, on Wednesday. And I think you are beginning to see that if Pep can fine-tune that kind of other side and decision-making of his game, then all the natural things that he's got. It's very impressive. Definitely could be a player there. And that's someone that I've not been that bullish on. Hmm. Well, we've, I mean, we've often said it was a strange purchase in a way and obviously not our first choice considering we know some of the big names were after that summer. So we will see. Let's hope you have a bigger contribution and more like that. Hey, Sam, uh, Kevin De Boy's first start. I think he got just over an hour, did he not? What, how good was he for you? Yeah, he's the best player in the league, isn't he? I think uh, watching him play is, is a pleasure. Um bit rusty probably but at the same time the rustiness is is more in his boot rather than in his actual athleticism or physicality i think that he looks fitter and sharper than he has done 
at any point in the last couple of years for me. Um, and I mean that when I say sharper, I mean in terms of his athleticism. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 just excited for for what comes next. To be honest, I, I can't wait for. I find myself invigorated, weirdly enough, by the fact that the Scousers keep winning games because it's like, all right, so we're generally pretty good when there's somebody breathing down our neck like that we tend to go all right we'll we'll match you stride for stride and so and also we owe brentford after after the debacle of last season so i'm uh i'm just anxious to get to monday evening and see more of kev mm. uh lloyd that free kick brilliant yeah both brilliant and simple in a way uh city apparently working really hard now you're uh, pronouncing names correctly correspondent so <laughs> <laughs> what a title that is and, uh, well you've, you've earned it mate so yeah <laughs> big, big yourself up uh, what's our set piece <laughs> coach called <laughs> Carlos Vicens thank you well if you say it's that then I'm going with it so uh, done lots of work apparently in you know warm weather breaking recently to which my reply is um, we needed to <laughs> I still have this idea they were utterly rubbish at corners for starters. So, but it seems like it's paying off. Definitely. Well, you could tell from the reaction of Pep and the players that that is something that they'd looked at, um, mm. specific to Burnley. But I think City are top three for set piece goals in the Premier League this season. That's Arsenal top, that. I think. Um, I don't know. I just have this. Yeah, but we we'll probably get more corners than anyone else. I just have. I don't think Luton have more corners than anyone else. Actually, bizarrely, but I always have this perception that we're terrible at at, at corners. But well, that that get, we got one against Spurs, of course. Would you say that's a good set piece or just a bad goalkeeping? No, that's a goalkeeping error, definitely the yeah. one against Spurs. But we've we've had we've had quite a few this season, um, and I think it's because a lot of the time when it's a corner. We, t- we, we sometimes play it short, don't we? So it doesn't always go in the box. Yeah. And you kind of hear the Etihad groan when yeah, <laughs> Alvarez plays it to Foden. And, but the thing is, we've scored a few where... Do you know where Phil gets on that edge of the box inside of the right and slams it kind of bottom corner? He he loves that, um, that little move. And, you know, that obviously works. But I think you just need to sharpen up, Howard. We've, we've been all right this season from set pieces. Yeah, definitely helps. Yeah, paying close attention to see in future anyway. So, uh, one other player I want to, you'll probably hate me doing this, to be honest, Asa, and I'll start with you. Uh, Rico Lewis, I was interested in how good a game you think he had. I saw people say he gave it away a bit. But also, and I don't mean the people, you know, that moan about everything. Every fan base has them. I see plenty of fellow Blues, people who I know, who don't see what the attraction is with Rico Lewis. But though I did put in brackets, not that that's anything new with our players in the past. Mm. Do you think you had a good game? Do you you understand why people don't get what Rico Lewis can offer to us? Um, No. Are you baffled? Yeah, I, I don't really get it. I don't, I mean, you know, I think football's, not a particularly complicated sport and i don't think that seeing the qualities in a footballer isn't a particularly complicated thing and i always find when you have that sort of narrative that begins to build whether it be around rico lewis or it be around jeremy doku or whoever the player may be that you kind of you have this narrative that begins to build that feels quite off from what your eyes are are showing you um i think with rico he's somebody who i think we're more likely to win a game of football that rico lewis starts Mm. and i think that that's probably the biggest compliment that i can pay him um like a lot of players in our squad i think he's probably hamstrung by his own versatility i think if people could say well, that's his position and that's the position that I've seen him in and he's excelled in that position. I think it's easier for for supporters to get behind that. When the lad's being asked to play in three or four different positions game to game, um, I think it's a little bit harder to then grasp 
like what he is as a footballer. And maybe that's the thing with Rico is that maybe the hardest thing to know right now is what is he? Is he yeah. a number eight? Is he an inverted right back? Is he more of a box-to-box midfielder? Could he eventually be a number six? Um, I think that sort of uncertainty might lead to a little bit of, I don't understand Rico Lewis, but, you know. I think if Pep Guardiola picks you, um, we have to be quiet, if that makes sense. I I remember, uh, everybody will know, uh, I I definitely went through a phase where I I just didn't see it with Grealish, where I was watching him and just going, I don't really understand what what the point in him him is on the pitch. until I could see the point. And then as soon as I could see the point, it was like, oh, right, that's why I'm an idiot who talks on podcasts and Pep Guardiola's the best manager in the world. So, yeah, I mean, I, I we all do it. So it's absolutely not me going, ah, you know, people are quick to do these things. We all do it depending on the player and the situation and the game. Um, but no, I'd, I, I, I think with Rico, particularly because he's homegrown and he's a mank and he's a born and bred blue, it's like, Come on, lads, give him a break. Hmm. Lloyd, your thoughts? I would say, just play devil's advocate, well, Pep himself actually hasn't been picking him that much recently. This was a game where some of those that weren't getting the minutes came to, you know, he got some time, Nunez got some time, for example. Uh, but to be interested in your thoughts on the same question in a way, uh, has he at all regressed or you know, by not getting that game time this season? I think he's got decent game time. So far, yeah, I would have so expected it's not been him. terrible. No, it's not been like isolated, but yeah, I don't. Know. So he's got he's got four hundred and fifty five minutes in the league, but I think he played pretty much he played pretty much every Champions League game, didn't he? Right, and he was man of the match in two of the Champions League games, um, playing in midfield. So I think I would have expected him to play a bit more yeah. instead of Walker, but fucking Walker's played. F- basically every game this season <laughs> apart from Burnley hasn't he so and I think everyone's been a bit mystified by that I, f- I found the Rico criticism a bit odd the other night I actually thought I thought he played quite well yeah he gave the ball away a few times but not in not in really dangerous areas not that led to big chances for Burnley I think he showed that there's intensity in his defending which is probably one of Pep's concerns about putting him there sometimes against certain teams. I thought, you know, Burnley can can be quite physical and and that's sometimes where Rico can kind of come unstuck. But I thought I thought he was up for the battle and obviously on the ball he's brilliant. So people need to give their head a wobble. He's 19. I mean, we never if you'd have said to a City fan, you know, 18 months ago or 12 months ago that this is where Rico would be, they they wouldn't believe you. Yeah, I think Walker's on the pitch all the time. It keeps him out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Keep him where he's been sitting. You know, he's not you texting know what they birds sat on the bench. Yeah. They should they should make him they should make him live at the uh, at the CFA for six months, you know what I mean? Just to keep him out of trouble. Just be like, lad, you could just live here, do all your food and drink here, go to training, go to games and let that be the end of it. Uh yeah, I'll just looking forward now. Lloyd. Save a fortune on child support over the next ten. Years. Uh, I, I, I'm moving on. He <laughs> said so before I say a joke that falls badly. So <laughs> go on with our demographics or something. I don't know. Uh, right, yeah, I'm going to move on. Uh, I was I was dissing you, Lloyd. I was a bit rude on WhatsApp about the Liverpool chat online <laughs> on Thursday that we must win at Anfield. So like you, do you still? <laughs> Tongue in cheek. Do you still believe this to be the case? I didn't say that. I said, I said, I I'm think we we'll need to get a result. No, I said, I think we'll need to get a result, which includes a draw. So, oh, actually, that does change things. I've seen a lot of other City fans go, "We're going to have to win at Anfield, aren't we?" So, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think we'll necessarily have to win. I just think the way this season looks like it's going to play out, I think we're probably going to need a point at Anfield, Liverpool. Have really impressed me in the last few weeks, particularly when Trent and Salah have been out. Joss has looked amazing. Um, the midfield looks to have kind of regenerated itself a decent amount. They're obviously not there yet. They still need a number six, but McAllister's been back. Um, Curtis Jones, Asan's favourite player, has played all right. So, 
I think we I think we will probably need to go and get a point and that is a that's tough. We our record at Anfield is not very good. Yeah, just a quick word, we did say in a Premier League show, Ange and Trent, uh is it acceptable to be have non city personnel on first name terms? So or is it a yellow card for you, Lloyd? So Trent it's just easier than saying Alexander Arnold. That's the only reason. I <laughs> that's what we. That's what we said about Postecoglou. Yes. <laughs> well, ex- exactly. Like you know, there's a reason that people kind of use these terms. Um, you're not catching me saying Alexander Arnold every day. I mean, that that just took too long in itself. So it, he can be Trent. I'm sorry to the the, the City fans that don't like that. Asan, <laughs> uh, City's run now. Then before Anfield, Brentford away. Everton at home, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home, Bournemouth away, United at home, of course, Luton, Copenhagen. Uh, an opportunity, surely. Yes and no. I think you, I think we have to be a little bit careful about... So I, I wouldn't want the players to be thinking, that's a nice run. I'd yeah. want the players to be thinking, Brentford beat us twice last season, we owe them... I'd want the players to be thinking Everton are going to be fighting for their frigging lives in that game and we are going to have to be on it. I want the players to know what the derby means. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't think, I think uh, as excited as I am by where we are in terms of our fitness, where we are in terms of our, our own form, I'm fully cognizant of just how complicated this league is and how any given moment, 80% of the teams that you are playing against have got a lad or two lads that'll kill you in two minutes and score a goal. Mm. And so I think that I, I always try and balance the, I think particularly with the fact that it's Brentford on Monday and and, and Ivan Tony and, and all of that business and everything that he brings to their team, which is an awful lot. I'm rather than going, oh, that's a kind run. I'm more in the zone of, right, it's game by game this. And what you need to do is go every game that you win is another game that you, that you kind of tick off. Like, I think we're almost, there's almost like a countdown. I think we're past the point of, yeah, I I think it's just a countdown now. And I think there's, I've seen a lot of people frame, uh, this stuff the kind of the the title and liverpool in a very negative way from city's point of view and i prefer to look at it very simply if liverpool draw one game the title is in our hands that's it Mm. they draw one game and the title is in our hands so i'm all right if you'd have said to me in at the start of the season or in pre-season that you will be in this position in February, I'd have bit your hand off because I think that from here, it's uh, you have to earn it to win it. And and I think that we're more than capable of earning it from here. Um, I think Liverpool are an in, I think Liverpool are in a really interesting place in that the longer they can keep winning games, the more momentum they can build, the better it will be for them. But the flip side of that is the come down the hangover if they were to even lose one game so let's say that they lose to arsenal on sunday and city beat brentford on monday that'll be a catastrophe for liverpool i genuinely believe that that psychologically that'll be a catastrophe for them because at that point it's no longer in their hands in fact if that happens city can take the draw at anfield yeah so it's so so tight that the kind of the Liverpool psychology is so much about emotion that it kind of goes from one extreme to the other. Whereas City, I think we've got a coldness about us that we can just tick games off if we go game by game, and then wait for them to make a slip and see how that affects them. So Lloyd, obviously, even got slip in there. Even got a little slip in there. <laughs> he <sorry>. did. <laughs> sorry for missing it. Uh, Lloyd, obviously it means more for Liverpool. Uh, we're going to see from match officials the Klopp farewell tour medley of dodgy decisions, or am I being paranoid to suggest so? Sorry, I thought it already started against Chelsea. Well, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment, so. The second one was an absolute stonewall, pad. 
I don't know how they've not given that. Van Dyke literally kicked through the back of him. He's at the scene of both of those crimes. Big Verge. Yeah, I do think they're going to get some favourable treatment between now and the end of the season. You know, Klopp is the story. Is That's how the Scousers see it. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of non-Liverpool fans do generally like Klopp. You know, people I speak to, I think most people would prefer Klopp to Guardiola, for example. So... I think there is some goodwill there. Um, but yeah, I'm not holding out any hope for, you know, Liverpool conceding penalties at Anfield or, you know, being on the end of dodgy decisions. I think I think they're going to get a fair wind from now to the end of the season. Uh, Arsenal-Liverpool on Sunday then, how do you see it playing out? It's tricky. I mean, I think Arsenal really need to win, to be honest. It's the reverse of the game before Christmas which obviously ended in a draw and that suited us perfectly. I mean, a draw, a draw, I think, would be great. But if a team wins, I'd much rather it's Arsenal. I think yeah. a win for Liverpool there is, is big. It's, it's a big Huge. result. Yeah, I think, I w- you know, it doesn't make them favourites. I still think City are favourites, but it, it that would put the shits up me a bit, to be honest, I think, if, if Liverpool won that. It would still back us, but... So, you know, it's obviously a, a tough place to go, even though Arsenal have been a bit up and down over the last few weeks. I think Arsenal just need to go at them. Um, Liverpool defensively, a bit like City this season, they haven't been that secure. They they have given kind of bits away. They've obviously had to muddle around with left-back, with Robertson being out, Trent's just coming back. I don't know if he'll start or not. He's generally not been that good in that fixture. So, uh, it's, t- it's tough. I, I think... I think if you ask me for a prediction, I think Liverpool will win. But I hope that's not the case. Do you think so, Asa? Um, Darwin Nunes is a big doubt. I think that will compromise Liverpool quite significantly because I think with Salah out as well, I think that then suddenly they go from having a bunch of options in attack to just having um, Jota, Diaz and Cody Gakpo. Um, Do I think Liverpool will win? No. I have some faith in Arteta and that collection of players to show a little bit of bottle because they'll need it. I think one one of the things that probably frustrated me the most about Chelsea's performance is how they didn't know how that game was going to start is beyond me. But it, they behave like a team who had no clue about what Liverpool were going to do for the first 20, 30 minutes in that game. And I think that all Chelsea needed to do was be compact and when they got the ball, just use the use the football sensibly and try and take a little bit of the sting out of the game. But time after time, they just they they just gifted the ball back to Liverpool and they just didn't play with you know like when liverpool are pressing like that it's all right city do it all the time at anfield under guardiola where pep will go you know what edison just just dump it long it's cool like forget about the build up first 20 minutes just if you got the ball if you got the ball at your feet get a runner in behind and just pump it long make them play from the back and try and win a second ball and try and then press them up the pitch chelsea just just they were so naive and they were so bad it was so disappointing. I, I can't express to you enough how disappointing they were. The first goal is fucking appalling, man. If you see that goal get conceded at Sunday League, the defenders who concede it are getting pulled off the pitch immediately. They're getting subbed. It was that bad. So, yeah, I've got a bit more faith in, in Arteta and Arsenal. Okay, let's look forward then. Uh, Brentford, Monday night. By then, Arsenal and Liverpool will be done, so it's hard to say what the situation will be. Uh, but Lloyd, the the obvious question, Ania must win for City. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's not a must win, but... No. You know, we just need to keep accumulating three points, don't we? We're on a nice little run at the moment. Well, We've got eight on decent... the Say on the bounce. If it, now, if it wasn't for that Crystal Palace mm. catastrophe, it'd be 11. So mm. yeah, mm. we definitely recovered, and you know that the period of draws was really annoying, wasn't it? The less uh, the Liverpool 
Spurs, Chelsea. Yeah. That that was so annoying, particularly because we played well. So yeah, we just need to keep it up. This, you know, it's a primal opportunity, despite what Asan said, which is right about the players should be, you know, there should be battles within this run. It is a great opportunity to just go on a 10-15 winning run, isn't it? And just really put put your foot down and the pressure on, on Liverpool. It's not a must win, but I think we all we all know that we need three big, points. Big win. Yeah. And our record big. there's pretty bad. So Yeah. Um and I must say, I've said this before, but I thought Tony last season at the Etihad, that was one of the best individual performances I'd seen all season. He absolutely monstered uh, Akanji that day. So, you know, he's well capable of um of putting in a performance. So we need to yeah. be aware. Yeah, this fixture last season, of course, dead rubber, end of the season. Uh, and the other one was just before the World Cup, which, had, yeah, and we all met up afterwards and had a sulk together. So, <laughs> But the less said about that game, the better. So, hey, Sam, what to make of Brentford then? It's been a struggle this season. Obviously, Tony's been out a while. Rico Henry, uh, Henry bad injury, got, uh, I think, at least two or three away international duty whistle one of them but it's still going to be a tricky match they go under the radar in the Premier League so much don't they Brentford mm. uh, brilliant manager I would say Frank's superb but they are conceding I think Steve said on the Premier League show they concede a lot of goals recently every 30 minutes or something in the last five games they concede plus two plus a lot so there's they absolutely will cause us problems but we absolutely should cause them a whole world of problems as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know they've they've quietly had a really poor season. I, I had a quick look uh, before the pod, and they are they're on twenty two points, and Everton are on eighteen points. So mm. you know that that tells its own story about how close they are to that bottom three. Uh, they've obviously had a lot of injuries and, and other availability issues. That's how we'll describe Ivan Tony's gambling. <laughs> we'll call it an availability issue. Um, so that will obviously have impacted them quite significantly. Uh, I, I fully expect City to go there and bring their absolute A game. Guardiola's done his press conference. He says Haaland is ready to start. I'm 99% certain Haaland starts, KDB mm. starts. I think Walker comes back in and Kyle starts. Uh, I think we see Stones and Diaz, that partnership back. And I wouldn't be shocked if Ake gets drafted, drafted in at left back. Um and then, yeah, I mean, I just, I expect us to, it's that, we're in that zone now where every game, I just expect us to put our big boy pants on and play big boy football and and win more games than 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 we don't win. Lloyd, I think, I don't, I don't disagree with any of those suggestions for selection. I think Gavardio might drop Ake left back. I think early Holland starts. He's named about six or seven. Uh, do you want to fill in the gaps or... He's just done the press conference, as Asan said. Everyone's fit. I don't think a Kanji would start, though. Uh, not probably not quite ready, but it probably makes picking this team easier or harder, knowing that pretty much everyone's available. Do you take anything from the midweek game? Uh, do you find it quite easy to pick the eleven for this one? No, I think it's going to be tough to pick the team. So I think with with Stones being back, Walker, I think will come back in. I think it's less easy to say who'll play at the back than it has been in recent games where it's kind of been, we've known the, the four it'll be. I, th I could see Guardiola getting dropped maybe after after that mistake. So maybe he goes Walker, Stones, Diaz, Ake. Mm. Yeah. Rodri will play. Yeah. I think, I think Kovacic will play. Yeah, agreed. I think De Bruyne will play. Yeah, and then up, and then up front. Now it gets now, tricky. Now it's tough, isn't it? I think Haaland will start. Generally, when he's available, Pep plays him. He came on for twenty-five minutes. He looked rusty as hell, but that will have done him good. I think he plays for sixty, seventy minutes. Who plays on the wing? I think this might be a Grealish game potentially. Um, yeah. I don't think Brentford will sit in completely. 
they will give you a bit of space. The crowd will kind of ne- necessitate that. So I think Grealish and then right wing. Honestly, Phil. who knows? I mean, probably Bernardo. Maybe Phil gets a rest. He's played a lot of football. I was a bit surprised he played the other night. So that's that's what I would go with. Um, and that feels weird because going back to Bernardo Grealish as the two wingers feels very 2023, 20, doesn't it? Um, I think that's, I, I have to say, I think that's almost impossible that Guardiola picks those two for the wings. I think from a tactical point of view, there's just no way that Doku doesn't start against Brentford because that's just, he's, he's prime for low block teams and, and Brentford are going to be the lowest of low blocks. Do you think they will? Do you think they'll Do be low block? Mate, are you kidding me? The run that they're on. It's like City are the last team in the league that you open up against. On the on the contrary, look, we know what their game plan is going to be. Their game plan is going to be be very deep, be very compact, and have the two passes that lead to a ball over the top for Tony. Simple. That's the it's going to be their only tactic. It's going to be a ball into a channel that Tony's running onto. Um and so from City's point of view, I just don't see a world in which Guardiola decides, all right, well, the best way to deal with this is to have the sideways backwards passes, all of them on the pitch at the same time and take all of the the lock pickers out of the team. I actually would go with a com- think he'll go with a completely different three. I think it'll be Foden, Haaland and Doku. I think the that where Bernardo comes in is I can absolutely see a world in which it becomes Bernardo, Rodri, KDB yeah, possible as, as the midfield three. Uh, I'd like that. We just haven't seen it much, have we, this season? Yeah, I'd like No, that. not this season, but Bernardo's played, he's held Rodri's hand so many times. And even when he plays wide right, you look at the number of times recently that he's come deep to collect the football it would be perfectly natural for him to uh to play to play next to Rodri and I think the other thing is that whereas it's very rare that you see Kev on the left hand side half space in that eight position Bernardo has played left hand side eight position often um especially when it's a two with him and Rodri so I can see a world in which Pep goes, all right, this is the way that I'm going to do it. I'm going to have Kev as the as the right-sided eight-stroke ten. He'll have Phil next to him, and then I'll have, I'll have Bernardo and Doku on the, uh, on the other side. Lloyd, back to you. It's like Interesting. Tennis I just, I would, the only thing I would absolutely disagree with, I'm, I'm not sure Frank would play dead, Lloyd. I don't know. Just don't see I don't I think, think it... they will at home. No, I don't think so. That's why I think Grealish might play. Um... I'd like to see Bernardo in midfield. It's just not something we've really seen this season. Now, I appreciate that's because we've been short of options and he's almost had to play right wing. But it feels like a while since we've seen a Bernardo, Kev, Rodri midfield. But no, I'd be very happy with that. And, you know, that would mean we get a kind of more attacking player in the final third. So Kev's not been around, so we had no chance of seeing it. And. I think we are going to see different things now, aren't we, to what we've seen first half of the season. I don't know. I'm quite no, but even even last year, how many times did we see a Kev, Rodri, Bernardo centre mid? We didn't mm. really. Gundo, Gundo always played there. So Yeah, but he's not here. So year no, to no. year. No, but I was just saying year to year. The, you know, the team transforms under Pep, doesn't it? Reinvents itself. So I'd be happy with that. I could see why Kovacic to come in, but... I always want to see both Bernardo and Phil in the team, and I don't. Still, don't think it's a need to rest them just yet. So I don't know because January was a kind month in a way. Mm. So, but yeah, there's options there, isn't there? And it's hard good to choices say. to have, though, isn't it? I mean, it is, to be yeah, able exactly. to to be able to leave, you know, two of Foden, uh, Doku, Grealish, and probably you know maybe Bernardo on the bench. That's it's not it's just problems we haven't had. It's not that long since that horrific midfield <laughs> lined up at Aston Villa at Villa Park, was it? So I'd rather be having discussions like this than, yeah, reviewing that Aston Villa match, to be honest. So good, good, yeah, good dilemmas to have. And uh, we have those options on the bench, which we've not had also for much of the season. So uh, just final question then, Asan. Are you confident? With this one, score prediction, you see you see City dominating the ball and being 
a bit more ruthless in front of goal than perhaps they were during midweek because the mindset's different for this game in a way. Mm, I think that it'll be the same score as it was against Burnley. I think it'll be 3-1. Uh, I think Ivan Tony will get his obligatory goal. I think Haaland <laughs> will get off the mark after his injury. Um, yeah, I, I expect us to... I, f- I fully expect us to bring the absolute right mentality to Monday night. And if we bring the right mentality, I expect to win. wonder what odds Tony is to score. I'll have a look. Mm. Uh, Lloyd, your thoughts? Mm. I think it would be a bit tight. I think tighter than that. I could see I could see a 2-1 or even a 1-0. Um, I think there's a chance that if Haaland starts, we could look a bit rusty, but we need to get him back in and there's no time better than the present. Mm. I, I think 2-1's more likely. I just can't see... I can't really see us keeping a clean sheet there, to be honest. I feel like Tony will get a couple of chances. And, you know, he's he's pretty sharp, isn't he? So I'll go 2-1. Yeah. Just watch him when he's putting the ball down for a free kick. Keep a very close eye on him. So <laughs> I, think, I think I went for 2-1 on the Premier League show as well, so I will stick for that. But, yeah, it could be close, competitive, but I would expect City to come out on top. So Fair right. play to the Spurs fans as well. For, for their chant you should have cashed out I enjoyed that <laughs> you should have cashed <laughs> yeah and uh, we probably can't mention what Jude Bellingham said to <laughs> Greenwood on the pitch last night either yeah so we'll leave that one for others to find out so. good no, lad I will, yeah good lad I will say that you know I've I've had I've been I've been a little bit I was a bit like a jilted lover over the last seven or eight months when it comes to Bellingham like every time he'd do something good on the pitch I'd just be like yeah but is he really that good now I'm back to going like yeah all right you're a dude you are well done (laughs) right I think that is everything hey Sam anything else you want to discuss or have we covered it all eventually we've covered it all we have let's look at the notes yeah I think we've put the world to rights there Uh, hey Sam thank you very much then pleasure Howard thanks for having me yeah Lloyd, thank you for taking the time out. Appreciate it. No pleasure. Thank you. You're a very busy man. Right, that is a wrap. We're off to do the crossbar challenge with Darwin Nunez and to write a poem for Jurgen Norbert Klopp. Dismantle the sun and let the mourners come. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. And as always, Asan. Up the blues. <laughs>